0: The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. Mortgage Women Magazine. It's where women's voices are heard. Find it free at www.mortgagewomenmagazine.com.
1: Originations are picking up, but things are still very slow right now, and many LOs are probably looking for creative alternatives that can help boost sales. Could non-QM loans be the thing that fills that sales gap? Welcome to The Principal, I'm Mike Savino, head of multimedia for the Mortgage News Network. And Today, you'll hear a conversation that I had at the New England Mortgage Expo with Ben Scribner, Regional Sales Director for Angel Oak Solutions.
2: So, Ben, thanks for joining me thanks for having me. So obviously the story right now in the mortgage industry is how much and how dramatically home buying has shifted and what that's meant for origination volume. We're looking at something like non-QM, more of a niche product. Has the impact been sort of parallel? Has it been more or less? How has how the shift in the market impacted non-QM specifically? I think it's actually given a great opportunity
0: for more originators to find non-QM partners and to really get educated on what these products are and aren't. Um, of course, inventories, you it is always a challenge, but um, every loan officer maximizing every single borrower that that comes in through their door uh, is never more paramount than now. So uh, I think I, I, I think it, it, it's a great way to force loan officers into looking for these outlets. Um, and it's not just non-QM, it's, it's you know it's across all spaces in, uh, in alternative
2: lending. And are there specific borrowers right now who are attracted to non-QM? Obviously, we know the range of borrowers who are kind of eligible or that non-QM could be for. But are there specific borrowers that you're seeing if brokers are working with these kinds of borrowers in these situations, they're having a lot of success. Absolutely. Bank statement loans are always a huge part. Um,
0: But right now, you're seeing a big influx of uh, a debt service coverage ratio loan. Uh, It's an investment product. Uh, You're seeing a lot of investors out there really take advantage of the equity uh, in their portfolios. Um, You know, as we expect the valuation sort of softening uh, across the board, it really does give it a a great time to lock in that equity uh, while you have it now. So we're seeing a lot of activity uh, through that, but again, I mean, bank statement loans are always going to be the crux, um, mostly a primary uh, product. But um, you know, even though inventory is tight, borrowers are still are, are
2: still buying. So. And, and talk to me about how much an originator needs to know about each kind of non-QM product. Does it take a lot of work? Should they? Do you find that originators are typically specializing in a couple or is it just, hey, there's a lot of stuff that it's really easy to know and you can offer a range of products? Yeah, I think it's great. Everyone wants to partner with a
0: local account executive. That's always the best thing is for us to help teach an, an originator of, of what these products are. What, you know who they're for. Ways to maximize their their client base and their networking. Um, so, you know, we want to make that originator the expert because they need to be able to speak intelligently with their borrower. So that's, I mean, that's kind of the big thing is. An originator who's educated and is comfortable talking about these products is going to is really going to be able to maximize his opportunities with our style of borrowing.
2: And so is that a relationship where even, hey, I just had somebody come in, and they're in a particular situation, and I'm not sure what product is best for them. They can go to an account executive and say, help me figure out what's best for them so I can steer them in the right direction? Absolutely. We, we structure every deal up front. So, you know, before you know, before
0: disclosures, before it's a loan, we actually put our stamp of approval on it. We'll run bank statements for you. So, you know, you're not sitting there trying to calculate bank statement income. So the account executive is going to work with the loan officer hand in hand and and be able to tell you, yes, we can do this deal or, you know, unfortunately this is outside of what we're capable of doing. But it's that upfrontness. We don't want to burn a relationship. We don't want to make promises we can't keep. So 24 to 48 hours up front
2: is all we need to, to you know, to really see if we can do it or not. When an originator picks who to work with, I'm sure they want to pick with someone that they know will be there. And of course, we've seen in the non-QM space, some companies have struggled. Um, Some have even left the space or gone under. How confident should an originator be in 2023, given the concerns that maybe Wall Street has about how non-QM loans will perform if we do get a recession? Uh, uh, Partnerships, you
0: know, picking the right partner is very important. Um, Obviously, I can speak on behalf of Angel Oak. We're we're the largest securitizer in non-QM loans. Uh, Our performance through uh, the pandemic and through now has been incredible. Uh, So it it does matter on who you partner
2: with, Um, you know. So, kind of. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, to the, so obviously, you you feel your company Angel Oak is a good partner. You pointed out mm-hmm. the, the securitizations that you've been able to get. What, what should what should we look for in what makes a good partner? Why do you think Angel Oak is the kind of company that makes a good partner? I mean, honestly,
0: we put our brokers first. That, that's the most important thing to us. Is. That's why we believe in a local footprint. We have a lot of account executives locally across the country. We have the largest footprint of any non-QRM company because we believe in that local represent, education. Um, oh, <laughs> I think we lost the camera. Uh, that, yeah, that local education and that local partnership. We want to be in your office. We want you to get to know us and understand uh, you know, how we operate and, and that gives originator confidence, uh, not only in just our account executive, but the company itself. All you just need to do is produce, you know, one non-QM loan, and you say, okay, that you know, that was easy. That wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. That it,
2: it kind of overcomes the the you know the perceived issues. And what do you expect for 2023? Obviously, you know, again, investors are just worried about this is a product that we have not seen go through a recession. We, we, we seem to see signs that maybe we won't hit a recession. We're still not really sure if we're there or will we hit one. Stop <laughs> landing or not, right. <laughs> not landing or we're just going to keep on soaring. Yeah, really so does. But what do, what do you and what does AngelLoke expect for non-QM performance uh, for, for 2023? Absolutely. We're expecting to grow,
0: honestly. Um, Non-QM in general is about 4% of the market. So the, kind of the sky has always been the limit for non-QM because it's market acceptance and adaption. So... When you get loan officers with, with, you know, with limited pipelines and they need to really take care of every realtor relationship they have, they really need to understand and learn about these products to add them into their suite. Um, you know, their suite of products, they need to do it. Um, and it's never been more evident now. Um, you see a lot of non-QM lenders coming out. You see a lot of people with interest uh, in, in educating in non-QM products. So um, we're, we're growing absolutely in 2023 because non-QM is primarily a purchase product um historically it's always been a purchase product right and of course we yeah. are in a, and a purchase market yeah, absolutely we're, everyone's hoping for a great spring uh some normalcy returning inventory's picking up
2: a bit so that we have we're, we're super excited And, and of course, rates are an important part of mortgages in general, but non-QM specifically because of the relationship of what investors want versus, you know, and then the spreads they're looking for versus, of course, what buyers want. So with rates stabilizing, do you think that that's something that could help non-QM? Yeah.
0: I mean, the volatility, no no one ever likes that, right? That's never going to be enjoyable. Um, So, yeah, now now that everything is settling in, um, you're not going to see, you know, a lot of non-QM has never really jumped rate-wise. You didn't see a lot of rate moves historically. Um, we are, you know, the two years always stayed relatively flat. Now that's obviously changed in 2022, but, um, you know, we want to be able to price, we want some consistency. We don't want to tell a broker, quote cool them today and then tomorrow it, it's different. We don't want to do that. So, um, you know, rate fluctuations are going to happen, of course, um, just like traditional mortgages. But uh, I mean, that does, you know, from a secondary perspective, it
2: does definitely
0: instill some confidence. That everything's kind of settling in.
2: And, and what do your originators find in terms of, obviously you want referrals, you want good relationships with the borrowers, and maybe they come back, maybe they refer someone else. With non-QM, you're dealing with people who don't fit the traditional box. So maybe they never thought they were going to get a mortgage, or maybe they sure. thought it was going to be like moving heaven and earth to get there. <laughs> huh? And now they, they, somebody says, hey, I have an option for you that, that might work. What are they, what kind of reaction are they getting? And is that Oh, most most bank statement borrowers, most borrowers don't even
0: know a bank statement loan is a thing, right? They don't even know what that is. But most of those bank statement borrowers have been told no multiple times for probably years. Um, Most self-employed borrowers are not going to change their tax strategies, you know, year over year. You know, their CPA would tell them not to do that. So those are great referral partners because that borrower is able to do what they want to do by their buy a new primary, buy a second home, buy an investment property, and you know they're gonna be able to, to exercise how they want and they're not gonna to have to change the way that they operate their business. So uh, those bars are extremely, you know, receptive. And most non QM borrowers don't you know, they will refer other non-QM borrowers because small business owners normally network with each other. Um, but most you know they'll refer refer friends and family, just like most you know traditional mortgages. So one non QM loan is, is, is a, It's a loan. So most of the time, loan officers hoping for at least one or two referrals from it. And it's no difference if it's a non-QM loan. In fact, it may actually be better. Because they're going to, you know, that bank statement borrower is going to be singing to the rafters that they, you know, went and bought their their beach house. Or they upgraded their primary the way they wanted to.
2: Right. Absolutely. It's yeah. so so something I didn't think I was going to get. <laughs> and then you figured out to do it for me. Absolutely. Ben, thanks so much for joining me. Appreciate it.
1: We'll have your headlines coming up. But first, a word from our sponsor.
0: The Originator Connect Network, the nation's largest producer of mortgage events, is about fostering a community founded on
1: professionalism, collaboration, and personal and professional growth, connecting you to the story of your success. Welcome back. Here's your headlines for today, January 25th. As the scrutiny around appraisal bias continues to grow, the CFPB is looking to get involved. During a hearing conducted Tuesday by financial regulators, CFPB director Rohit Chopra says that the agency is likely going to take a look at appraisals. The Biden administration recently released millions of appraisal records and researchers say that they show that the gap is growing in the valuations of white homes versus those in communities of color. You can hear from a researcher who reviewed these records on the latest episode of our Gated Communities podcast. In other news... Silver Hill funding laid off 27 workers earlier this month. It's the fourth round of layoffs since Silverhill merged with Lakeview Loan Servicing in 2021. Silver Hill said at the time that the merger would be seamless, but since then the company has shed roughly 75% of its staff, according to a former employee. We do have more positive news to round out this show. Mortgage applications were up for the third straight week. Purchase loans are still down 40% from a year ago, but the NBA says that if rates continue to drop and if home price growth continues to cool, we could see more buyers coming back to the market soon. This has been The principal, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by TG Cutampere, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by SkyGaze. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.